Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We are back on Amazing Business Radio with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. And we have a very exciting show to you. We have a repeat offender. Uh, Joshua Liebman is coming back on. He's going to talk to us today about feedback, how to get it, the best way to get it, how to use it. I think it's going to be a great show. Before we get started, a few quick things. Um, If you have a question or you have a story that you would like to share, please go to all the social channels because you can find me there, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and more, and use the hashtag AskShep if you've got a question. I'll either answer the question right there, I'll do it on this show, or Maybe I'll answer that question on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home, which you can find on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, C-Suite TV, and we have now put the episodes on YouTube. So you can go to beamazing.tv, and by golly, I'm excited just thinking about it. You'll find all the episodes there. All right, let's get into our interview today. Josh Liebman. Is Josh or Joshua? What do you like? Either way, you can call me Josh. We're going to call him Josh. He is the founder of Backlooper, which is a consumer insight tool. He'll explain exactly what that is, but essentially it is a solution that will help you as a company get feedback from your customers. Anyway, that is the goal of what he does. When Josh was on here the last time, his background in the amusement park and attractions industry is what we talked about. And I believe that any business can learn from that industry because at the end of the day, it takes a hospitality mentality to deliver a great level of service. And that's what these types of organizations do. Josh, welcome back to Amazing Business Radio. Thanks so much. It is great to be here and chatting with you again. I hope I gave you a good introduction. I think it was great. Thanks so much. Good, good. What I didn't tell them is that you're young, good looking, have just enough facial hair uh, to look like you could be a famous actor. Um, but I, I didn't do that in the introduction. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind, nor was I expecting that, but thank you anyway. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into this. Since we've talked, which has been a couple of years, close to it, I would think, what's changed in your life, at least as far as business goes? Sure, absolutely. So I have uh, launched my company, Backlooper, which is, uh, I would say, a a passion project, something that I've developing, uh, been developing really over the last six years or so, just under the mindset and the interest of wanting to take uh, customer feedback or guest feedback and being able to help businesses collect more of it. And from more guests, perhaps than you know, uh, passive methods uh, compared to online reviews, compared to a number of different ways, and being able to really use that feedback that they're getting from customers to make necessary improvements within their operation, within their organization, within their customer experience that are long-lasting benefits, uh, resulting in higher satisfaction, higher customer loyalty, retention. Uh, and ultimately, of course, leading to you know higher higher profit, higher revenue, more business, more more customers coming in, more people finding them through positive reviews and uh, more word of mouth and more retention. And who doesn't want all of that? So first <laughs> is you've got to get the feedback, then you've got to respond to the feedback, then you've got to do something with the feedback, 
and optimize all of that. So let's start with uh, feedback collection. Um, sure. The proper way to get it. By the way, are you familiar with my friend Rapesh Patel? Um, I don't think so, but I would love right. to All right. Well, go and go to amazingbusinessradio.com and just type in his name, Rapesh, and R-U-P-E-S-H. He is, we just had him back on the show. I think he's a three-peater. Um, this guy is a hotelier and he owns just three hotels, but he's done an amazing job of gathering feedback, getting great reviews and using those reviews to his, you know, to his hotel's advantage as a marketing piece, but also as an incentive uh, for his, when his people know they're being watched. And isn't that part of it? When you know you're being watched, you're going to be graded and it may be graded by the customer in the form of feedback. Maybe you'll try and do a little bit better job because for sure. you know, yeah. you're being watched. It's, it, it's natural. It's the watchdog syndrome. So yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned the marketing component of it because a lot of people think, uh, or at least a lot of the people that I work with, they might see it as one or the other. This is either marketing or it's operations slash customer experience. And I like to say this is really the blend and the bridge between the two of those because you're talking about you know, the customer experience that, the, that they have while they are either visiting you or making the purchase or whatever it is. And then the marketing side of it is really being able to use it to broadcast and say, hey, see what what others are saying about what their experience was. So it really, it really hits in on both ends of yeah. marketing as well as, as operations and customer experience. Yeah, you've got to have that feedback tool. So one of the things that, uh, well, as we were chatting before we started the show, you mentioned the concept of friction uh, that might come in the feedback process and asking, I think you even said, you got to click here, then you got to click there, then you got to click. Let's talk about that because I believe Less friction is better. No friction is nirvana. Utopia, I guess, <laughs> is, is a better word. Uh, right. What, so how do we, uh, what, what's the best way to go about it? Let's just start there. Yeah, sure. So there's a number of different ways. And obviously, this is going to vary based off of the type of business and the, and the type of the industry. Uh, but one of the things I say is, is strike when the iron's hot. And being able to ask for that feedback or whether you're asking for feedback or you're asking for an online review of doing it while it's still very fresh in their memory, but also optimizing it so that it is at the appropriate time, whether it's in the duration or after the experience. I'll, I'll give you a, a quick example of when that did not happen. And I pulled up to a hotel once uh, up to the valet and uh, the gentleman came over, the valet attendant came to park my car and he introduced himself. He gives me the ticket. He says, uh, these are uh, you know, these are the instructions on how you can retrieve your car. And by the way, here's a, uh, a card right here with my name. I would love it if you posted a positive review on TripAdvisor about me. And I honestly looked back at him and I said, about what? I said, you're, you're asking about feedback for an experience that you haven't got only, yet. Yeah, really, really hasn't happened, right? If if I was coming back to get my car, I saw you running, hustling, sweating, you know, making sure the you know the radio's back in position, the seats back in position, the AC, whatever it is. Then yeah, I'd probably be more inclined to want to do it. So asking too early, and that's another one thing, uh, you know, that, that I see in hotels sometimes too. I'll connect to the Wi-Fi, and maybe it's in a hotel or another business offering free Wi-Fi, and I'll be immediately prompted with a survey for how my experience was. Well, if I'm connecting to the Wi-Fi at a hotel, I probably just checked in and probably just put my suitcase down in my room and I'm just, just connecting to Wi-Fi right now. So maybe that's a little bit too early. Uh, you you want to give the opportunity for them to be able to provide feedback while they are 
in, in the duration of the experience or the purchase process, or if they're visiting you on site or whatever, you know, however that fits in, you know, with your business and business model and being able to incorporate that into the hospitality component of your business of having your staff members regularly uh, seeking feedback or you know inquiring about how their experience is or offering assistance in any type way that proactive approach and then after the experience you want to do it in a timely manner or it's still very fresh in your mind so for instance with backlooper our standard is 24 hours after their visit that yep. they're going to get an email prompting them for for feedback and that tends to be pretty optimal if it's same day you know i work in a lot of visitor attractions Maybe they're you know, pretty tired and exhausted at the end of the day. That email might just get deleted. If it's a week later, maybe they, they aren't going to be able to produce as much valuable insight that the business needs to be able to make those improvements. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things too that, uh, that I just find through my research is that 42% of companies do not actively collect feedback from their customers or do any type of survey program. That's a big so stat. Okay, we yeah. need to tweet that out. 42. We do. Now, is that specific to an industry or is that in general? That's general. Uh, so if you look at it, you know, industry by industry, that might change a little bit. But if you think about it, you know, uh, you know, just a, a little over half of companies are, uh, you know, actively soliciting feedback, requesting feedback from customers. And that's great. But seeing 42 percent, uh, you know, with with the tools and the technology that we have today, it is very easy to automate a system to request feedback from your customers. So we need to, uh, we need to work on that stat as, as a service, uh, service professionals as a whole. Yeah. I remember I was always impressed with enterprise rent-a-car, how within 24 hours, that was pretty much their standard. And then it was a simple, short survey on a scale of zero to 10. What's the likelihood that you'd recommend us? There were usually sure. two or three questions that I remember when I rented cars from them, but I'm pretty sure oh, there was an open-ended question that was there to give them a little bit more quant, uh, qualitative versus just quantitative. So let's, we've got a couple of minutes before the break. Is there, um, you know, when we were talking, you said sometimes companies make it hard for their customers to give them feedback. What's the easiest way to make it happen? The shortest sure. distance between two points is a straight line. Tell me how straight we can make this line. Right. Whatever you can do to set up something once and have it automated within your system. So if you are uh, collecting, you know, customer uh, contact information, if, you know, if someone is making a purchase online and you've got their email address, you're able to easily set up that email automation. If you don't necessarily have that, there's other creative things that you can do. QR codes, which, you know, have, have been around for a while, but I think they've really seen, you know, a, a surge just in the last several months due to COVID with restaurants, you know, turning their menus into QR codes. That's a perfect opportunity to, you know, to leverage that technology and be able to at least push people to recommend. Um, but what they, about on the customer feedback. side? I'm not going to fill it out if you've asked me, if you asked me to go through too many steps. Sure. I'm yeah. So it, it needs to be something that is that is going to be very easy. You need to put that up front too, to say, you know, whether it's provide feedback or take our survey of having some sort of language in there of anticipating how long this is going to take uh, or how short okay, it's that's going a good, to take. That's really. a good point. Say this is a short survey, should take less than two minutes. Right, exactly. And then 
live up to that promise right. that you're making as well. Uh, there, there have been a number of times, and I'm sure you've experienced as well, where you know, it says the survey will take you know, no more than five minutes, and then you find yourself clicking through your seven or eight minutes later and saying, I don't know when the end of it is. You know, the, right. the ones that have the, the progress bar, those definitely help as well, because that's, you know, that's, that's a known expectation for how long it's going to last, uh, but always indicating, uh, you know, indicating how much time it's anticipated to take and then making sure that it, uh, that it takes that time as well. Great. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about surveys, data, and how to use it best with Josh Liebman, who is the founder of Backlooper. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Are you ready to be amazing? Of course you are. And that's why you tune into Amazing Business Radio. If you like what you're hearing here, you're going to love my new TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home. Each episode is devoted to sharing ideas to help you be amazing in both your business and personal lives. We also feature an app or technology every week that you're going to find fascinating. And we always have at least two guests on the show. The show is now available on Amazon Prime, Roku, C-Suite TV, and more. So the choice is yours. Be amazing or go home. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. Josh, we have now, we have the feedback. Uh, and hey, if they use Backlooper, great. But any way you get the feedback, you need to have the feedback before you can do anything else. So what's the next step? Sure. So the next step is responding to that feedback. Uh, and that is, uh, that is where you have the ability to now really build a relationship with your customer versus if they did not give feedback, even if they were satisfied, there's still going to be something missing. So if you have the opportunity to, to reach out and respond, if you need to do it via email, that's fine. If you're able to have a dedicated person or team that is a customer communication, guest communication, whatever it is, that their specific role is taking feedback and uh, helping the organization, we'll get to that in, in just a few minutes. But as far as that outreach to that customer, then you're able to truly develop that relationship that can then lead to more purchases, repeat visitation, and then ultimately that customer loyalty. So are you suggesting following up directly with the customer after the feedback is left? Ab absolutely. Yeah. Well, what if you have so, thousands and thousands of customers? Right. If you have thousands, well, then you've got a really good problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good problem. But do you, do you okay, so I'm going to ask. Uh, first of all, I should have asked. How long are the surveys? We already talked about shorter is better, perhaps. What's, is there an optimal length that you found? If you're looking at doing a, a quantitative type survey, I've always said, you know, 10 to 12 questions maximum. Oh, really, okay, really, you know, drill in on what is it that you need to know. And maybe if there's other things, maybe we can save that for a, you know, a larger market research project down the road. But what's something that is going to be based on your operation that you can routinely fix? Yep. Um, and then if it's, you know, if it's open-ended, then you've got the opportunity right there. And that's actually one of the, the key components of Backlooper is that we really uh, I drive the value of the open-ended response in that at that point, the customer decides how long the survey is going to be. Maybe yep. I have one or two small things to say. Maybe I've got a, a long paragraph and I need to vent and I need to rant and I need to get that to you. Much better coming to you directly through a private channel than learning about it from an online review. So the more you're doing to collect feedback, 
through internal channels, then the less negative reviews you will have online. And one negative review has been shown to turn away 30 prospective customers. So that adds up. You can do the math on that and, and determine you know, how, much, how much potential revenue is lost from one negative review. So one negative review turns away up to 30. Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yep. Now, what, what, so on a scale of one to five, if you have all fives and it's perfect, doesn't that scare away customers as well? Well, that's true. And the thing is too, is if you are, you know, seeking feedback, you know, internally that yes, hopefully we are squashing the vast majority of negative reviews that would show up online, but it's not, you know, it can't stop them altogether. Uh, so yeah, that was, uh, that was something that, uh, that I heard, uh, it, I can't remember uh, uh, what the specific stat was. I think it was actually a previous guest that you had that a certain amount of customers won't trust if it's all five. So yeah, getting right. that occasional four, yeah. getting that occasional moderate review uh, can actually ultimately be helpful for your business. But from a guest experience or a customer experience standpoint, you know, you want to be focusing on, on driving feedback through internal channels, especially if there is a large complaint, especially with everything that we're dealing with today with, you know, COVID rules and, and regulations and policies. And, you know, if you see reviews stack up that say, you know, the employees weren't wearing masks or other customers weren't wearing masks and the, you know, the policy wasn't being enforced in the, in the store and, you know, in, in the restaurant, you know, what Whatever it was, then that is going to substantially damage the business's reputation. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kellogg University out of uh, Northwestern in Chicago, mm-hmm. that was where the stat said between 4.2 and 4.4 percent, I'm sorry, 4.2 to 4.4 stars out of five, on a one to five, one is bad, five is great. Um, that's actually the most credible zone. And I think also if there is a negative review, how the company deals with it. If it's, if it's sure. a negative review that's public, well, it's easy for everybody to see this is what's going on. Look at how the company handled it. You know what? Not everybody's perfect. And I think that has that, that has, you know, you have to apologize, acknowledge, uh, discuss what the resolution is. And it's all, you know, you can do a lot of that online. Now, ultimately, you want to fix the customer's problem offline and then go back and thank them. But I think that's that's crucial. So you respond. Uh, how do you feel about responding to positive reviews? Absolutely. If, if you have the, the bandwidth and the team and the infrastructure to do that, then absolutely. Uh, if you only have the opportunity to respond to negative reviews, definitely make that the, you know, the highest priority. And uh, there's something that I've heard you say before, and I think you were quoting Jay Bear when he said, uh, complaining online has become a spectator sport. Yes, right? very good. Very good. <laughs> yes. From the book, Hug Your Haters, my buddy Jay Bear. <laughs> online customer reviews is a spectator sport. <laughs> So when you're when you're responding to those reviews, just know that you're not just talking to that customer directly. You're talking to anyone who might be turned away from your business by reading that review. And the important thing is really to express empathy, to share that you know whatever they experienced. Uh, you know, hopefully it wasn't your standard. Uh, you didn't intend for it to to go that way, and that you're committed to making it right. And then converting them to an offline channel so you can have that conversation with them afterwards. Uh, and another thing, you know, in in terms of of you know responding to reviews is that or responding to any type of feedback is there is the value of hopefully you're collecting a lot of feedback from your customers and you are learning from that and then we get into that and you know when we get to the the react portion but 
one of the things too is it gives that guest the opportunity to want to build that relationship with you. So for instance, you know, I, I had a client once who said, you know, we have a really simple business. Getting more feedback from guests probably isn't going to give us any new information that we don't already know. And I said, you know what? That's, that's fine. Whether I agree with that or not is, is another story. I said, so you can do it for yourself and learn all this information, or you can actually do it for your customers as well to give them that opportunity. And then now you've still got them within your, your customer experience cycle, if you will. They've, they've got the, the pre, uh, you know, pre-purchase or pre-visit, and then there's the, the duration and then there's the post-purchase as well. And you want to keep them in there. So you want that post-purchase or post-visit to lead into a pre-visit as, as quickly and with as much commitment as possible. So we're really talking about, you know, keeping them engaged so that they come back and visit again. And hopefully that does turn into a positive review online. Even if you're yeah. not learning anything from it, other customers are. I think that if, if you don't necessarily need to learn what to fix if things are going well, I think you can learn very quickly whether you are keeping your streak alive, if you sure. will. And I there think that's go. just as important, knowing we're still doing a great job. You know, we don't need feedback. We have such a simple business. I, I would have pushed back huge and said, maybe you <laughs> need it more than you think with that kind of stinking thinking. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I completely agree. <laughs> so, um, you know, you've touched on reacting to the feedback. Anything yep. more so on that? Or do you want to get into yeah. a little deeper dive on that? We've got just a couple of minutes left. Sure. So I'll be really quick here. So when we're talking about responding to feedback, we're talking about that connection with the customer itself. When we're talking about reacting to feedback, well, now we can turn this internally towards the business. So we can say, okay, ah, we have the difference these... between respond and react. Respond <laughs> is to the customer. React yeah. is what we do inside. I love right. that. Yep. And so we're talking about aggregating the feedback. We're talking about extracting out those very important uh, priorities that might be highlighting uh, some of the biggest reasons why people might be detractors, why they may have complained. And then looking those and putting those improvements in place, hopefully towards a long-term strategy that they'd be able to uh, they'd be able to improve the experience for the next customer and customers down the road. And one really quick thing, because I know we only have a couple of minutes, is that sometimes those improvements that you make might be a little counterintuitive in that it's not just doing the opposite of the complaint. So for instance, uh, price that, you know, always has been and always will be probably one of the top complaints majority of businesses will get, you know, in, in any field. There's always going to be somebody who's price sensitive and says this is too expensive. All right. Well, the opposite of a complaint about price is uh, being excited about how cheap it was. So, okay, let's lower our prices. Well, that's not necessarily the most optimal way to do it, but instead of pulling back and saying, okay, well, why is it that they're complaining about price? Uh, let's, let's look at, are we not giving them the value that they expected? Did they mm -hmm. expect more than what they received from that specific price point? Um, and, I, and I have a number of examples that, uh, you know, that, that I can share in that in, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, large concerns that we identified for companies and they took an, an operational and a customer experience approach to the resolution, not just doing the, the opposite of what the problem was. Yeah. Um, interesting. The, uh, it, it makes me think that we're always reacting uh, to negative feedback. And what I want companies, to, and, I, and I want your take on this, and then we're going to wrap it all up. What about good feedback? 
shouldn't we react to good feedback internally as well? Here's why I say this. Let's say we get this accolade from a customer. They love us. They gave us the scale of one to five, five in every category. And they gave us a really great comment and they told us why we deserved a five. Just as you would want to eliminate a problem and operationalize the solution to hopefully mitigate or eliminate it permanently, don't we want to try to operationalize the uh, compliment? For sure. And, and I hope I'm not coming across too negative by focusing on a lot no, of no, no, you know, no, no. complaint I mean, not resolution. At all. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, most people don't think, let's debrief on the positive things that are coming in as well. Why aren't we hearing this from every customer? So that type of positive feedback can be, can be one of the greatest employee motivators that you have. It's one thing if, if you're a manager and you have a team of employees and say, hey, you did a great job today. I saw you, you know, following procedures or, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, you, you look great, you know, out there, you know, serving customers. And then it's another thing to have it coming from the customer themselves and being able to recognize whether it's specific staff members or the experience that they had. Yeah, there were a lot of people that made that happen. So being able to share that positive experience with your team and with your employees says, hey, we, we did this. Maybe it was because of, maybe we had a, a problem prior and we put this in place to improve it and now we're getting all this positive feedback on that all right well now that validates that what we did to improve that procedure hopefully for the long term is working and now we're just gonna now we want to keep on firing on all cylinders with the positive feedback that we're getting uh, for something that maybe maybe it was a problem before or maybe it was a new initiative that we introduced to test the waters and it's being received favorably so yeah absolutely you know both both positive and I don't like to say negative all the time, but constructive feedback How about uh, should absolutely positive and opportunity, opportunity. opportunistic feedback. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. We have the final question and you get to answer in under a minute. If there's one thing you want to make sure this audience knows or want to remind them about something we've talked about, what would that nugget of information be? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I would say uh, optimal Optimize your feedback loop. So when we're talking about collecting feedback, responding to the customer directly, and reacting to feedback from a long-term standpoint, that this isn't a one-time event. This isn't something to do every once in a while. This is something that you want to give every customer the opportunity to be able to share feedback, positive or negative, uh, you know, or, or opportunistic, uh, and then being able to put it in place so you have the ability to respond to as many customers as possible in a very timely manner. And then taking the, the quantifiable metrics that that feedback brings and being able to implement those continuous improvements into your business. Awesome. Awesome. Great information. Uh, I think this is applicable to just about every business on the planet. Uh, we need to get feedback from all of our customers. It doesn't matter if we're B2B, B2C, even government should get feedback from their constituent citizens, customers, whatever they want to call them. We have been talking with Josh Liebman, the founder of Backlooper, a consumer insights tool and an awesome guy. Thanks, Josh, for being on the show. Thanks, Jeff. I really appreciate you having me. All right. And one day we'll have you back for the third time. You'll be a three defender. Can't wait. <laughs> All right, everybody, that wraps it up for Amazing Business Radio. Next week, we're going to have another amazing interview. And until that time, I want you to stay healthy and stay amazing. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.